The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, Bully Ray and I dive into a very entertaining Monday Night Raw from last night. We get into Vince McMahon and Austin Theory. We get into Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch before their big championship matchup next week on Raw. And then we get into the main event, especially Big E, your WWE world champion right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I thought Monday Night Raw last night, a very entertaining three hours of TV. Damn right. I wrote the show, damn it. And when I write it, it's good shit. It's such good shit. <laughs> there you go. There's the tagline that we want to hear from Vince McMahon. But, uh, Only here on Busted Open do you get tagline like that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, uh, I liked Raw. I think Vince made Raw. Uh, I think Vince was invested in Raw, and I think... We talked about Vince McMahon doesn't really come on TV anymore. I think it's, you know, break glass, emergency. And Vince on Raw last night with Austin Theory and definitely helped the show, definitely helped move the show along. But I felt like, hey, you know what? WWE needs to answer. It needs to answer now. And I thought they did answer in their own way, Bully, last night. What do you mean that they need to answer? Who do they need to answer to, or what do they need to answer to? Well, first of all, a few things. Number one, the attendance has definitely been an issue with the WWE. Ratings has been an issue with the WWE. Uh, the buzz around pro wrestling hasn't been with the WWE. And the WWE, I think, has been very cold at a time where they need to heat things up because we're near the road to WrestleMania. And I thought last night was a good start and a good answer to all those things for the WWE. So based on what you just said, what stood out to you from last night as far as them heating things up? Well, I think, number one, the wrestling. And the wrestling has always been there. Good way to start with a match like Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. That's a main event caliber match. And you had that to start Monday Night Raw last night. Also, you had a damn good main event with a story behind it 
with Big E and Kevin Owens. Hey, there's there's a stipulation. We always talk about that bullet. Give me something. Give me a reason why. Well, you had a reason why with that main event last night, and I know for myself and probably a lot of other people too, it was enough of a hook to keep you invested for all three hours to stay tuned to make sure you watched that main event. The other thing is who you were, I thought, a damn good impersonation of, and that's Vince McMahon. You had Vince McMahon sprinkled throughout the show with a young talent bully like Austin Theory. And I thought an entertaining hook as well to keep you invested for the three hours. So I thought mission accomplished for Monday Night Raw. I saw a tweet last night from some bottom feeder, and I'm not sure if you saw the same one. Uh, you were tagged in it, though. And I wanted to retweet it so bad with a comment, but I didn't want to give him the, I didn't want to give him the time of day. And the tweet was something to the effect of, hey, Dave and Bully, can you believe how bad they're burying Austin Theory tonight? Dave, how bad did Austin Theory get buried last night? No, Austin Theory was not buried <laughs> last night. No. Austin Theory did segments with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon does not do that for anybody, and he hasn't for anybody in recent memory, I think the last time Bully probably was Kevin Owens. I mean, you just don't see Vince McMahon do that. The fact that they had Austin Theory with Vince McMahon for multiple segments throughout that show last night, to me, Bully, that means they are very high on Austin Theory. They made Austin Theory last night. They did not bury Austin no. Theory. If you're getting to share the spotlight with Vince McMahon, that is a pretty big deal within the world of the WWE, considering who Vince has shared the spotlight with in the past. Give me a hell yeah! Um, so, yeah, they were making Austin last night. And by the end of the show, I got some interesting vibes off of the relationship with Vince and Theory. Now, let me ask you first. Did you get any vibes from the both of them? Like, what are they doing with Vince and Austin Theory? Well, I, I think they're building the relationship between Vince and Austin Theory. This is, to me, I look at this, and this is like, hey, you know what? This is the next guy. Vince McMahon is grooming Austin Theory to be, quote-unquote, his guy. That's the vibe I got off of their relationship his, last night. His guy how? Just he's, he's taking the time out to teach him lessons, which is what he was doing. So for the fact that he's doing that, and also, too, that he had the gumption for to do what he was able to do, I think that he's mentoring, if you will, Austin Theory. Okay, he's mentoring him. That's, you're, 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 you're getting warmer. Why would he be mentoring him? He probably sees something in him. That maybe even reminds him of himself or reminds him of somebody else that was able to be a big star within the world of the WWE. Or maybe he sees him as the son or son-in-law that never quite reached their potential. Wow. Wow. We don't, re you know, Shane and Vince, as much as we see Shane on television, you know, whenever WrestleMania rolls around, you know, we see Shane pop up. But Shane has never been the, the heir to the throne of Zamunda. It's always been Hunter. 
But what happened recently with Hunter? Hmm. My son is a failure. My son-in-law is a failure. But you won't be, Austin. I'm going to make you in my image. Imagine he's building Austin Theory up to be the the heir to the throne that he does not believe that he has anymore. The son or the son-in-law he never had. Well, Bully, that's an awesome story. And listen, we see in the world of the WWE them start and stop storylines all the time. Like, it wouldn't shock me if next week Austin Theory is not even on TV. Like, it wouldn't shock me at all. But the fact that Vince McMahon shared the screen with Austin Theory, there is a glimmer of hope that they're going to do something now with Austin Theory. And you know what? If you look at Austin Theory, his his look, his character, his presence, his ability in the ring, for a company right now that's lacking star and star power, maybe they believe Austin Theory is that next big star for this company. I don't know. It's a possibility, but this is a good start for him. I think that the story of the fighting for the love of Vince McMahon, fighting for control of the WWE, I think would be very interesting. They never really went down that road with Shane and Triple H. And if they did, I don't really remember them putting their toes in the water. Um, This new kid, because Vince does not feel like anybody has lived up to his potential. And now the NXT story uh, uh, situation becomes part of the storyline. Back in the day, they were supposed to kind of do this with Ken Anderson, and it didn't work out. Anderson was supposed to be the, you know, the, the, the son, Vince's son, and then, you know, that, something got botched there, and they went with Hornswoggle, and ha, 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 it worked out. It was funny. It was entertaining. But Austin Theory, I believe, is being groomed for something. Now, you got to ask yourself, what? There's, there's got to be a reason to be side-by-side with Vince. There's got to be a reason why on your second night of sharing time with him or your third night, he's smacking you in the face. Tough love. My God. That's what I see. And I know it's very early on in the process, Dave, but if they're, if they're planting seeds now, what are they planting seeds for? There's, there, and there's real, there's real life story there. The, 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 what, what happened with NXT is, is very real, and let's bring that to the forefront, and let's talk about it. Not, not, not let's talk about it. Let's turn it into to a story. So I think Austin Theory, and, and by the way, in Austin, to Austin's Theory's credit, phenomenal job. I like the way he reacts to Vince. He looks cool, calm, and collected. He looks like he belongs there. I think he's maximizing his TV time with Vince. Great job by the kid. Yeah, and and Bully, you may be right in that story that you're building that you think is a possibility. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But I'm encouraged. And that's what the WWE needs to do. They got to start building stories that are going to make you tune in to Monday Night Raw. This is interesting to me. First of all, I thought it was very, very entertaining. And the other thing as well, Bully, it's like I want to see what's going to happen next. You know, where is Austin Theory going to be? you know, three months from now, six months from now. And the fact that Vince McMahon is giving him 
this kind of time is very, very encouraging for his future, but also just a story bully that's going to be a threat. And that's what the WWE, I thought, did really well last night, is build stories, is giving you reasons to tune in. I talked about the main event, but also next week. How many times have we done a show on a Monday morning, Bully, where we don't even know what's going to happen on the show for Raw that night? Hey, we're going to get Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch next week. That's pretty cool. That gives us something to talk about for a whole week. What, what could happen? Could there be a possibility that there could be a title change? Something. They need to do that more often. I think, and I think you would agree, Bully, for a very, very long time, the WWE has just rested on their laurels. Hey, you know, we're Monday Night Raw. People are going to tune in just because it's Monday Night Raw. They can't do that anymore. And I thought that they kind of answered some of those questions. Also, Bully, yesterday we did three hours. Three hours on CM Punk and MJF. We did three hours. We got a ton of calls, wall-to-wall calls of people that were excited to just talk about it. And it happened almost a week ago. WWE needs to do some of that as well. They need to have what we used to call in the radio business water cooler talk. Like they need to have where people are want to talk about their show the next day. It's been a long time since they've been able to do that, but I'm encouraged by what we saw on the show last night. I hate to have to admit this, but the truth is the truth. I have not heard from anybody within, I don't know, the past couple of years who talks to me about Monday Night Raw in a positive way. Unfortunately, they tell me I just can't watch anymore. Whether it was because of the Thunderdome or whether it's because of the, there's no more characters. And they always bring up the same stuff. They bring up the Attitude Era. Like, remember back in the day how it was, you know, it was this and this and this? And I go, yeah, I kind of remember it. I was there, you know? So, but... When I talk to when I talk to people about AEW, actually I don't talk to them. They ask me about, hey, what's this new AEW thing? I saw all this crazy shit going on. Listen, that crazy shit might not make sense a lot of times, but it's got people talking. Yes. And if it's getting people talking, you must be doing something right. You know, nobody's talking about the the person who's talking to me about an AEW match is is like. Oh, my God, I saw this, this guy dive over the top rope, and then another guy dived over the top rope, and then some guy did a flip off the top rope, and then here came a girl who did a flip over the top rope. They're not saying it didn't make sense to them. They're saying it caught their attention, and they're talking about it, where unfortunately with the WWE lately, it's like, you know, what's going on? It's not the same as, you know, you know 20 years ago. Hopefully, they're going to start to wake up. There was enough things peppered in last night that made me think I even called you Dave because I turned on social media and people are like the the, uh, AEW has uh, Vince's attention. And I was like, Dave, did I miss something? And I get, you know, in the promo with, um, with uh, Miz and edge, they drop something in there. So what that's a showing of the hand right there. You, 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 you've stooged off your hand, but with that line last night, would you agree? I agree. I, that's that's definitely an acknowledgement, without a doubt. Overall, a very good Monday Night Raw, very entertaining Monday Night Raw. But let's start with Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch. Bully, because we've talked a lot about Becky Lynch over the last couple of months. Because honestly, you know, especially with Monday Night Raw, that's the only thing that really we had 
to talk about with Monday Night Raw has been Becky Lynch. The segment between Liv and Becky, an interesting one. First of all, I have to say this, Bully, mission accomplished by the WWE. Let me say that again. Mission accomplished by the WWE. I fucking hate Becky Lynch. They have got me to hate Becky Lynch. When, it's so funny. when In Liv one Morgan, week? Oh, my God. I can't fucking stand her. I no, can't time stand out, time Becky out, time Lynch. out, time out, time out. You can't stand her because of the character or you can't stand her because of the force feed? I think it's a combination of everything. And I think probably more than all of that is probably the force feed. You know, we've... We, listen, Bully, how many shows have you and I talked about? You're not going to get people to boo Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch is over more than any other superstar on your roster, especially on Monday nights. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? They've doubled down. They doubled down. It's what we think would be huge for the company. They don't feel that way. And they're... Full steam ahead on Becky Lynch as a heel. We weren't buying, but you know what? I'm finally buying it because I don't even know if it's because I feel she's bad or she's just bad or because it feels forced and the words coming out of her mouth feel forced and scripted. I'll, I'll say this, Bully. Liv Morgan, to me, on the microphone last night, schooled Becky Lynch. Schooled Becky Lynch last night. I, and you know what? When Becky was talking, Liv said exactly what I wanted to say out loud watching my uh, on my TV. Shut up. Just shut up. I don't want to hear it anymore. Now, probably you're right, Bully. It may not be because of the character. It may be because of the force feed. I just don't want to hear it anymore. And I, I actually want to see Liv Morgan beat the shit out of Becky Lynch next week and become your Raw Women's Champion. So if that's what they wanted, they got me a hook, line, and sinker. I'm all in on Liv Morgan next week. Well, the positive to come out of your comments is that no matter what the reason, you want to see Liv Morgan get to Becky Lynch. One of the things that I found uber annoying last night about Becky was her tone. Um, I despise certain tones, and I despise certain tones in women's voices. And last night, <clears throat> her tone was annoying as all hell. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why you don't like her. I, I, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to what my initial feeling was. I think you're sick and tired of the force feed with Becky Lynch that you're just going to jump on board and decide to hate her instead of being confused every week. <clears throat> I did think that they did a good job with Liv's verbiage last night. I also think Liv did a good job delivering it. You know, they relied on an old line, will you please shut the hell up? Like, that's worked for The Rock, it's worked for Jericho, it's worked for, you know... Uh, dozens of other, you know, major baby faces. And when you have somebody like Becky, you know, she's whining, big time backs and blah, 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 blah. Oh, shut the fuck up. It works. You know, it even worked in Long Island, which is notoriously a dead crowd, as we saw last night. It was dead last night. Dear God. Wow. I mean, uh, even as a a performer, kind of dreaded going there sometimes, but whatever. Um, 
you want to see Liv win. <clears throat> you enjoyed the promo. Let's fast forward to the match for a second. Do you feel that the physicality and the way Liv Morgan shined in the match mirrored the promo? No, I didn't. And I actually, if we're going to get into that match, and that is the, and there's a lot to get into with that five on five. First of all, you had the promo, and I agree with you on the tone of Becky's voice. You know what else was annoying, Bully? Her facial expressions. Like, it's so over the top and convoluted that it just, I, I, I can't buy in. I just can't buy in. Liv Morgan, I thought it felt really natural. Going back to something that you always say, was it scripted? I'm sure it was scripted. But did it matter? No, it didn't matter. Because Liv Morgan believed, if that was on a scripted page, Liv Morgan bought in, and I thought she did a, a wonderful job delivering. And I, I bought in. Becky Lynch, it, I just can't. The tone of her voice, her facial expressions that she gives. Like, it's so over the top. And so forced. it's old school heel. It's heel 101. But heel 101 doesn't work with Becky. She's trying to portray a heel. And you brought up the facial expressions, especially at the end of the match last night when she's laying out uh, uh, on the floor and she's making like the, you know, the bitter beer face. And she's like, yeah. give me my belt. Give me my championship. It's like that's about as old school as it gets. You know, like if you read, you know, How to Be a Heel for Dummies, which I've read twice. <laughs> Look at me. I'm sitting here talking to you. <laughs> it, you know, what Becky's doing is on the first couple of pages. Yeah. And we know that's not really her. But at the end of the day, they're getting the desired um, reaction from you that they're looking for, which is you want to see Liv Morgan beat up and beat and defeat Becky Lynch. So... They'll look at it as this. No matter how we're getting there with you, no matter how we're touching you emotionally, we're still doing it. So we win. But you, what you just said is interesting because Becky is playing the cheap old school tricks of a heel. Though we know it's forced because we know that's not who she really is. We know Becky Lynch. You know, this is the reason why organically, you know, before WrestleMania 35, Becky got over. That's why we did shows when the WWE was trying to present her as a heel back then. The, the nation wasn't buying it. And they would call into us every day saying, why is Charlotte the baby face? She should be the heel and Becky should be the baby face. How many shows did we do, you know, three years ago about that? And here we are where it's being forced again. But you just said it. It's, it's, it's forced. It's, it's just not natural for her. But on the other hand, Liv Morgan, it felt natural. I mean, here's Liv Morgan, even on social media late last night and this morning, is tweeting out, like, screenshots of text messages from her mom about how proud she is of her and that she's finally getting this opportunity. I was on social media saying, man, this is, this is a great opportunity for Liv, and she's shining with this opportunity. So you're, you have Becky Lynch, the veteran, right? Becky Lynch is the one who's been there, done that. She's main evented WrestleMania. This should come natural to her. And everything that we're seeing from Becky Lynch is completely unnatural. And I can't buy in. And then you have Liv Morgan where it feels like it's natural and I can buy into Liv Morgan right now. 
I will disagree with you on 50% of what you're saying because okay. I think Becky is actually doing a decent job of portraying some type of heel. It just doesn't come across to us that way. If we had never known Becky Lynch as a babyface, if we have never known the organic version of Becky Lynch, take that all away. Would you be buying into her right now? I, I, I probably would be. I, I would, I would want to know why she's like that. You know what she's very. You know what she's kind of like is is Seth. Like Seth Rollins is a heel that's annoying to me. I don't know why he's acting the way he's acting, but you know what? He's annoying, so automatically I hate him. Becky's character is very similar to Seth's. I will agree with that because I still haven't been able to figure out Seth Rollins. What I'm saying with Becky is this. I think she's doing the best she possibly can with the hand that she's being dealt. If playing old school heel 101 is what she's doing, then she's getting the job done. It just doesn't feel right to us because as fans for so long and seeing her growth and the timeline of her you know, uh, 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 of her working her way to the top, getting all the way to the top of WrestleMania. We know how she got there, why she got there. We know how the fans got her there. Now we get this version of her. So to us, it feels weird. But if you take that all out of the equation, if Brecky Lynch was a brand new character who just uh, debuted in the WWE on Raw as this big-time Bex character, I'd say she's doing a good job. But but they hit the start-stop button on people so much that we as fans get confused sometimes. Do I love you? Do I hate you? To me, I'm so black and white with pro wrestling, it's not even funny. It's all about love and hate, and those are the commanding emotions. It will always be about love and hate. It's, it's the dark side versus the light. It's about love and hate. And I want to be able to do one of those things with your character. I want to fully love you, or I want to fully hate you. With Becky, we're confused. And I hate the word confused, and I hate the word gray in pro wrestling. Confusion and gray are not good. Especially when we... A couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I'm cheering for Becky to beat Charlotte. Yep. A couple of weeks ago, I actually felt bad for Becky post-match because all of the emotion had finally welled up in her it overflowed and there she is feeling sad about her relationship I'm like oh man you know if this really happened that, that poor girl she really feels bad about it and now i'm supposed to buy into heel 101 all right whatever see that's the thing you have to kind of do with the wwe is you kind of have to put yourself in zombie mode and react to whatever they want you to react to on any given week. It's it's and that's what you have to do. And it's a lot easier it is, said than done. It is because especially bully when we were on that journey with Becky Lynch, and it was a great. I got to cut you off. Sorry, sorry. I got to cut you off for one second. You ready, Bobby Lashley? Yeah. What happened to Bobby Lashley last night? Bobby Lashley to me turned babyface. They told you last night. Forget about everything that you've seen from Bobby Lashley in the past, I don't know, year or whatever. Him and MVP, um, uh, uh, beating up Goldberg's son, hating Bobby Lashley. Forget about it. As of right now, he's a babyface. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
time out. For the past year, you wanted me to hate Bobby. And now because you put a nice vignette together, because he's a stud, and because he was in the army, and because he was a wrestler, and he did this, and he did this, and now I got to love him? Holy shit, that's asking a lot of somebody emotionally. I mean, even, even, there's a lot of that. Even Edge, like, praising Seth Rollins in the ring last night. Like, Seth Rollins invaded his home. He wanted to cause harm to his family. Like, I, I don't give a shit how good he is in the ring. How do you just, like, man, this guy invaded your home. Like, like they, they want you to believe Remember- those things <laughs> never happened. Remember the last time some dude invaded your home and you were like, ah, don't worry about it, brother. It's okay. Come on in. My yeah, wife's got pierogies for you. You know what, dude? Like, it, I know I know you were trying to harm my family and harm my wife and you, like, desecrated my home. But, man, you're really talented. But you're, <laughs> you're, really you're, 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 so, you you're so talented and handsome Ugh. and handsome. I, like, come on. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, the WWE just wants to click the button. It's like the, everything that happened prior to this – just completely put it out of your mind and forget about it. But we can't because, or maybe they're now trying to say to you, hey, listen, that's the way you got to think about our programming because it's going to move very, very fast. And something that happened six months ago, that might as well have been 60 years ago because we're moving forward with a completely different storyline. And the characters that you fell in love with are now going to change. That, that goes against all the rules of pro wrestling, Bully, because when somebody when somebody was a big-time babyface, right, a huge babyface, there had to be an incident that made you change your mind about them. There had to be a big turn. He had to cause violence on the new big babyface. Something had to happen, like, you know, Mr. Wrestling 2 and Magnum TA, like a Larry Zabisco and Bruno Sammart, something that makes you want to hate them. The WWE just says, nah, you know what? I know you love them, but now we want you to hate them. No reason why. It's just that we're going into a different direction, and you have to buy in. Creative has nothing more for Bobby Lashley as a heel. Thus, we're going to switch him on a dime, and we need you to believe in him as a babyface now. And here's one vignette. Okay, whatever. Hey everyone, this is Kirk Morrison. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. But should a WWE's world champion's reaction to his entrance as an uber babyface be lackluster? No. It's not Big E's in-ring work. It's not his look. It's not any of those things. I don't think Big E is being treated like a... I'll just go as far as to say Drew McIntyre. I don't think Big E is being given the same treatment as a Drew. I agree with you. I completely agree. I, I, you know what, Bully? I completely agree with you. Because they're kind of giving you the same Big E. They have given you the, the same Big E that they've always given you. And they need to do more. This is your world champion. Present him as 
your world champion. Build him as your world champion. I don't think the WWE is doing that. Again, this is, might be an example of resting on your laurels. You need to do more. You need to do more for the sake of Big E. You did need to do more for the sake of that world championship. It should mean more. And the person holding that title should mean more. Not easy having a babyface world champion in the WWE these days because normally it's all about the chase. Most of the time with these babyfaces, it's all about the chase. And then you get the payoff of them winning, and then now what? You know that people are going to be behind Big E for the chase. You know that people are going to pop for Big E when he wins. You know that they're going to probably be there for him one week later. But then it comes week two and week three and week 10 and week 50. Now what? Then what? We always use Hogan as the barometer for a babyface that people paid their hard-earned money to see retain. Getting people to pay money to see you retain the world championship is light years harder than getting people to pay money to see you win a world championship. And nobody, and let me say this, nobody did it better than Hogan. No, In, in the Hero. history of pro wrestling, nobody did it better. And this is coming from a guy who was never a Hogan fan. I will say this, as somebody who's watched wrestling for 40 years, in my eyes, I've never seen anybody do it better than Hulk Hogan. I will throw a name out there that we could have a discussion about. Go ahead. But I don't want to get into discussion and right now. Bruno. You could probably have that argument with Bruno. Though I still, though Bruno, that was when the WWF was regional. I don't know if Bruno would have had the national appeal of a Hogan. So it, it's hard to compare the two. I will agree with you. Uh, you are completely right. And that might, that might sway the argument into Hogan. My point is I'm not trying to compare Big E to Hulk Hogan or anybody like that in Austin Rock, yada, yada. Just listen to the people. Feel their response. They're going to tell you everything you need to know. Yes, Big E might get that initial reaction when he comes out because here's our world champion, especially if you send him out first on the show because you got that energy right behind you. You know, if he's Detroit Rock City, you're going to get that certain reaction. I don't believe that reaction is building week to week to week because I don't think Big E is being fed the same creative as a Drew or as a Bobby Lashley. Or anybody that has come before him. Sure as shit not getting the same creative as a Roman Reigns. Not even close. Not even close. And this is the shame of Big E. And Roman, listen, Roman beat Big E as clean as clean could be. There was no, well, one guy went over and one guy got over. I mean... Big E's going to get over no matter what just by having a quality match. But it wasn't that definitive. Wow, Big E really got over in that match with Roman. And Roman just slipped over. Nope. Spear, dead. One, two, three. Have a nice day. Take care. Brush your hair. I'm sorry. I'm just starting to feel a little concerned about this. No, Bully, you asked me a few weeks ago, what's the, big, what's the most prestigious title? 
for the WWE? Is it the WWE Championship or is it the Universal Championship? I, I don't think you can have that debate. They present the Universal Championship like it is the biggest championship in the company. They, they, they present the WWE Championship like it's the U.S. or the Intercontinental Championship. That's the way they're presenting it right now. No, no argument. And you know how I feel about the Intercontinental Championship. You know how I feel about the U.S. Championship. Very, very, very secondary belts. These championships used to be... Listen, these championships were always secondary, but secondary with prestige. Yes. Now, and I always go back to Ryback. Because Ryback made those comments last year about championship belts being props and everybody got on his case about it and all i said was i understand where he's coming from because most championships these days feel like props if not toys the 24 7 championship feels like a toy that you know what you know what's crazy they presented dana brooke on a higher level than they did Big E last night boy they took the time out to say congratulations to dana brooke her winning her first championship ever with the WWE. Like, are you kidding me? This is a joke championship. It's a joke. I mean, Byron Saxton and Corey Graves are former 24-7 championships as commentators. Well, I can see I can see Corey being a champion. That is extremely credible. Byron, ugh, never. Well, and, and also Peter Rosenberg is a former 24-7 champion as well. I like Peter. I like Peter too. But don't present like... Hey, congratulations to Dana Brooke. She finally won her first year. I don't know. If your first ever championship is the 24-7 championship, I don't know if you're going to be so quick to put that on your resume. Point is, is that you're not saying that about Big E. And, and Bully, this is clear, at least when it comes to the WWE, that, and I don't know if you could say that about other organizations, like, we're talking about low attendance and low ratings or whatever. It's not the fault of the champion because they don't present the champion as a champion should be presented in the world of the WWE. So question for you. Based on the moment Big E won the WWE championship up until the end of the show last night, I'm putting the pencil in your hand. As of tomorrow, is Big E still your WWE world champion? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes, okay. bully. First of all, I had to think about it, which is a shame. I shouldn't have to. I should have gave you an answer right away. I'm gonna say yes because with the way they're presenting this WWE champion, who are you, who are you giving it to? Who's your next champion and why? Seth. I I I I probably keep it on Big A. Okay, I'd that's, probably that's fair enough. Yeah. But I'd like to see them heat Seth and Kevin Owen up pretty damn hot and get some steam on Big E so people want to see Big E fight back. But here's the thing, Bully. Based they on were what fighting we... each other last night. But based on, all right, so with that being said, based on what you saw last night, let's just say Seth is the new WWE champion uh, on the on first day, that first day pay-per-view. Who do you want to see him defended against? Big E or Kevin Owens? Or vice versa with Kevin Owens? If Kevin Owens is your new champion, where's the story? The story's with Seth. It's not with Big E. 
at least Seth as a heel, you can feed a lot of different people to him who want, will want to see Seth get defeated. The emotional investment of, of a heel losing will always trump the investment of a, of a, of a babyface retaining when it comes to champions. Because they always want to see the bad guy lose. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Producers are very own diva Gabby Laspisa and Andre Viola. Sound designed by Mary Bayon. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen and SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.